You are tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show Gang, broadcasting live on a studio in Los, Can- in Los Angeles, California. Oh, my God, I'm losing my voice here. one 800 548 David Essel in the box with you. Yes, 22 years on the air because of your support and love, and we thank you so much. Of course, XM Satellite Radio 168 is where you can hear us right now. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network, and we are streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. I want to do a shout-out to all of our Facebook friends listening to us online right now on Facebook. Oh, my Lord. It is off the charts. And I mean this sincerely. It is so, Facebook is so incredible. The, the amount of, of emails we get directly from Facebook is crazy insane. I mean crazy. I, I just got a couple emails right now that came in from Facebook. And I don't know how many we get every show, but it is wild. Thank God for Facebook. And who would have thought XM Satellite Radio 168 would blow up the way it has for the show over the last, what, over a year now? And and who would have thought the streaming part of it? Now, I would imagine with 12 million subscribers that we would get a ton of, of feedback, email, text, everything we get every weekend on the show. I'm not surprised. With 12 million subscribers, of course, we expect that. But I never knew social media Facebook in particular could be such an asset, such a huge asset. And Vivian Giuliano, who uh, who manages all of our social media postings during the show, does an incredible job. And and with that comes slews of emails. So continue at Facebook, friends. We love you very much for all of your uh, attention that you give our show and the way you spread the message of the show too. One eight hundred. Five four eight eight two five five. Of course, David Essel live can be heard every Saturday, six to nine Eastern, three to six Pacific. Um, we're going to go to Lynn Woodland in just a second, talking about miracles. She's the author of the book Making Miracles, and we're going to talk to Lynn in a second. But I also wanted to share with you a, a, another text that just came in. You know, earlier in the show, we were talking about fears, and a lot of times. Fear takes over our lives, you know, fear of going after deep love, fear of going after the money we want, fear of walking into a gym when we're overweight, even though we really want to lose the weight, you know, fear of um, of, of letting of, of resentment. You know, we just earlier answered a question about someone said, asking, how do you let resentments go? And a lot of us are afraid that if we let a resentment go, we're going to let that other person off the hook, right? And as we said, we are actually, if we let it go, we're letting ourselves off the hook, but um, but one of our text club members just wrote in and said, I uh, loved your idea about writing down our fears this weekend and sitting with them until we see them as they are and then let them go with help from someone we know. And I think that that's really true. Boy, we we love the ostrich head in the sand, don't we? You know, like pretending that uh, I mean, there's a lot of people we've worked with in addiction recovery and I understand it because I'm in recovery, who were really afraid of letting the alcohol go, that were really afraid of letting the food at night, the sugar, the fat, the salt go because it became a best friend, that were really afraid of letting the nicotine go, that were afraid of letting the masturbation, the spending, the whatever it might be, right? Because we've learned how to cope, so we think, in good ways in life through the addiction. And it can be a very fearful process. Um, So we decide not to go into that fear. I will tell you, as me and billions of other people have experienced, is when we sit in that fear, it's amazing how it vanishes. I kid you not. 
like we sit in that craving for the alcohol, the food, the nicotine, to buy something online, and we sit for three minutes, maybe four, and the craving vanishes. It's like, how the hell did that go away? I wanted that joint so bad. I wanted the needle. And later on in the show, I'm going to be answering an email from a woman whose young daughter addicted to Oxycontin through needle use. Oxycontin is an opiate, the pain pills, right? And she's using needles. She's going into a treatment center down the road, and she's got a bunch of questions about what to do between now and when the woman's in in treatment. But thinking that we could get by without that drug of choice is like creates a ton of fear. So anyway, thank you for the text. And yes, sitting in it, acknowledging it, looking at it for what it is, is sometimes what's needed to watch it dissipate. It's powerful. 1-800-548-8255. Miracles. So we're going to ask my upcoming guest, Lynn Woodland, this question. But when we think of miracles... Do you think that they can be self-created or do you think that they're just the spontaneous combustion by the divine that we have nothing to do with? Lynn is the author of the book, Making Miracles, Create New Realities for Your Life and Our World. Lynn, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, David. I loved what you were talking about just then. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have missed you. It's been a long time. It has been a little while. Thanks for inviting me back. You are welcome. So so answer me this. <laughs> Riddle me this. Um, Lynn, are, are miracles something that come from outside of us, divine intervention that's given to some and not given to others? Or or can do you believe, can miracles actually be created by an individual? I, I would say yes and yes. You know, miracle making, I think, is so much about paradox. It, it's so much about... The, the, uh, the stirrings of our self with a capital S rather than the desires of our ego, which is, you know, which is where a lot of the, um, more familiar manifesting techniques come. You know, there's a lot of books out there nowadays that teach us how to focus on what we want and, and it'll, it'll happen. Right. And, you know, they are effective. They work to a point. <laughs> I think anyone who's ever picked up one of those books and really worked with them sincerely has seen little serendipities happen. And sometimes big things happen, but they don't work predictably on command every time in the way they're often promised. And I think miracle-making is really about it's not about delivering results on demand, and yet there is something we can do to bring it about. Miracle-making will often bring our highest heart's desires into being, and spontaneous healings will happen, and yet they're not about the outcome. Miracles are about the love, and they're about the surrender, and they're about uh, holding our desires lightly. I always think of it as holding our desires as lightly as we would hold a butterfly that lit in our hand for a moment where it just fills us with wonder and it brings us into the present, and then we let it go and, and really let God. And so often, uh, you know, miracles wind up being so much better than what we had envisioned. Uh, I mean, a great example, a really classic example, was um, uh, a man who went into a, an exercise in one of my workshops where I said, just imagine something you really want and want to heal. And he thought, well, I want to I heal, heal the planter wart on my foot. 
And mm-hmm. I said, well, think of something even bigger. And he said, okay, I want a better relationship with, and then he named his wife, Mary. And that's what he focused on when he went into the big healing circle we did. And after the, the healing circle, poof, his plantar wart disappeared instantaneously. And he thought, wow, wow that's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> and then shortly <laughs> right. thereafter, his, his, his marriage disappeared, uh, you know, almost instantaneously, too. He, they got divorced. It just really unraveled. Mm-hmm. And he was telling the story of, of his big healing miracle about a year and a half later in another one of my groups. And he said, well, you know, he was kind of taking it as a message of, well, you know, I guess I should have left well enough alone and just <laughs> stuck with the wart, not gone on to, <laughs> until he realized that sitting right next to him in, in the circle was his new girlfriend, who is also named Mary, mm. with whom he has a better relationship. Mm. And, and, you know, I, I've always thought that was such a great example of how when we go into um, a healing process, a miracle-making process, a manifesting process with a, a truly surrendered state of, of really mm. opening to the highest good. And, and that's something I see that, that often happens when we do this kind of group and uh, this kind of work in groups. Things happen right. very quickly. The highest good just starts unfolding in ways that are much bigger than we imagined then mm-hmm. the results are often completely different from what we were intending and yet better. So uh, miracle-making, yes, we, we can make ourselves available and know we can't tell God what to do. You, Lynn, you said something crucial. I want our listeners to really hear this, and you talked about the concept of surrender, and I'm getting chills right now. I know how powerful those words that you said are because you and I both work in the world of addiction recovery, and myself included with many of the clients over the past 20 years, when they release an addiction, they look at it as being an absolute miracle, which it is, and in 99.9% of the times when they look back at what they did to release that addiction to food, spending, sex, low self-esteem, gossip, power, greed, money, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, there was a profound sense of surrender to someone else's program and agenda instead of their own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, the the whole process of breaking an addiction, it's so much more than breaking a habit or, or just using self-discipline to make ourselves do something different. Right. There's really an aspect of stepping out of our comfort zone in a way that that is about trusting in more than our own resources to, to care for ourselves. You know, a lot of what addiction is about, it's our own, you know, perhaps misguided attempt to take care of ourselves because we believe nobody else will. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of that process that has to be about allowing help, allowing somebody else's wisdom, allowing God, allowing our higher self, and doing that in a way that's about moving beyond what's familiar and where we're comfortable you know that there was um, I can give an example uh, uh, of surrender in a little bit of a different focus um, 
this person wasn't dealing with an addiction, but she came to a, a miracle-making workshop with me with the intention of manifesting more money. She wanted more money. And, you know, there's tons of books out there and techniques for manifesting money. You vision it, you, you know, do all these things of imagining being wealthy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The minute she got into the workshop, she realized that wasn't really what was important, that what was really going on with her was that she was really shut down. Her heart was closed. She's, she's a caregiving professional, and she just wasn't feeling anything for her patients anymore. She wasn't feeling all that much for her kids or her spouse. She just right. was burned out, and she wanted to feel her heart. And, and what she did is she really allowed that to happen in the workshop. And, and, and let me vulnerable process. Yeah, I was just going to say that, Lynn. You know, when someone, if someone really truly, you know this better than anyone, if someone truly does decide to open their heart, they are at probably one of the deepest places of vulnerability they could ever imagine. Isn't that true? It's scary. I mean, it's really yeah. scary. It's a lot safer to just focus on, I want money. <laughs> yes. It's, it's yes. a lot harder to focus on, oh my God, am I willing to let people see me and know me? and reach in to touch me, that's mm. scary. And, mm. you know, this, this woman just had this, this very powerful experience. She cried, she laughed, she screamed, you know. <laughs> she, mm. she did it all. And she left feeling that she had gotten something more important than money. And, and the, the interesting thing was the very next day after the workshop, Monday morning she goes back to work, her boss asked her to step into his office, <laughs> and she's kind of scared, <laughs> and, oh, no, what's uh. going to happen now? And he, he tells her that um, the, 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 the committee that decides salaries had just decided to give her a 30% raise in, in salary. Nice. And not only that, but they had wanted to implement it incrementally over months, maybe years, and he had just gone to bat for her and fought for her and said, no, she deserves it now. So she she had this incredible result of manifesting exactly what her initial intention was in a way mm-hmm. that she didn't even have to give any thought to it at all. Right. And, well, yeah, because most of us – well, as I say, most of us, when we think about you know creating the miracle of money, wouldn't equate that with going into deeper self-love. They'd equate it with, um, well, let me pray, visualize, create an action plan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's something about that that open-hearted surrender and vulnerability and being willing to step beyond what's familiar. I and I think going back to addiction and so many issues that that really involve, you know, on some level our lack of self-love. There there's some aspect of allowing ourselves to relate more intimately, more open-heartedly and and in greater trust to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and I think often when we have when we need to learn that with other people, we need to start it with God. That, I think that's why in, in addiction treatment, that surrender to a higher power is such a crucial step. Mm-hmm. Right on, right. On. Lynn, I'm going to ask you to hang in there. We're going to a quick break. Lynn Woodland is my guest, author of Making Miracles. If you want to know more about Lynn and her book, go to the, her website, Lynn Woodland W O O D L A N D dot com. LynnWoodland.com. Check her out. But we're coming back with her. She ain't going anywhere. (laughs) We're going to talk more about miracles and how you can start the process to create it. And I'm going to actually share with Lynn an email we got today of someone who's requesting a miracle for a physical illness and we'll get her help. 1 800 
548-8255. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show, David Essel Alive. More on our show and all of our guests at talkdavid.com. Stay there. Rocking across the USA every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show, celebrating 22 years on the air. And we thank you for being the reason that we can do this work. My guest, Lynn Woodland, author of Making Miracles. Lynn, we've got like, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot, babe. We've got like two minutes. We're going to go to break and come back. But this is what I want you to help us with. A listener emailed in and said that they've been suffering from IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, for the longest time. They've done everything medically, everything alternative. It hasn't healed yet. They would love a miracle and wanted your help. Well, the first thing I would say is stop battling your disease. Your disease right now has so much of your focus that you're in deep relationship with it. My suggestion is to begin to imagine, well, if nothing in your life changed, how can you create the highest possible quality of life right here, right now, today? Don't worry about tomorrow or the next day. Right here, right now, today. What can you do to make life worth living? Um, I, I know a woman who battled melanoma for 15 years, and she just started doing a little exercise she read in a self-healing book that invited her to write the affirmation, thank you, God, for cancer. Hmm. The very notion of that infuriated her, but she did it anyway. She just kept doing it and doing it. First, she felt at peace with her illness, and then it it actually did go away over time. And I'm not Hmm. saying that that's the exercise for you. What I am suggesting is that you shift your attention from fighting this illness to looking at it in some way as a blessing that it's given you something you needed. It shifted your attention away from other things. It's in some, my, my book has a lot on this, of how to look at what the payoffs might be that are keeping you stuck. But just a really quick two-minute answer is look at how you can create quality of life right now, even if nothing changed. Make your life worth living. It, it may have more of an impact than you can can imagine. Yeah, you, you, you know what? The, the the thing I think that I really appreciated, Lynn, what you said was quit resisting, quit fighting, yeah. quit like putting all of our energy into that. Does I I love that. Lynn, that disease, quit fighting, quit resisting. Ladies and gentlemen, think about that in every year of your life. If we quit putting so much energy into the fight against something that we would rather not have, how much more peaceful that we our life might just automatically become in this moment. Lynn Woodland is my guest. We're going to another quick break. We're going to come back with more information from Lynn about creating miracles now in your life. More success stories. We just got another uh, uh, email in from a listener who has a friend suffering from something, and the answer might be the same, it might be different. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. I'm David Essel. Stay there.
You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show, giving you thoughts and ideas from some of the most exceptional guests in the world on how to move from where you are right now to where you'd want to be. Lynn Woodland is one of those, author of the uh, book Making Miracles. Uh, she's with me right now. The website is lynnwoodland.com. And before we go back to Lynn, I want to do a shout out. Oh, my Lord. Facebook is on fire to Judy and Mike and Jen Jen and everyone else involved sending us emails, doing all that kind of crazy stuff on Facebook. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate your energy, passion, and support. We really, really do. Um, Lynn, we got another uh, email, and, and it's kind of the same as the last one, although the condition is much more grave and serious. And and tell me if you would recommend anything different for this person. Um, uh, this is for a prayers for a listener who has a friend with pancreatic cancer who had a very painful week and needs a miracle to survive. A- any difference between that and any condition, Lynn? No, no. I, I've I've done healing services. I worked with healers all over the world, and I've seen every magnitude of illness heals spontaneously sometimes. And and yet that doesn't mean that every illness should heal. I I always suggest take attention away from the dis-ease. And, you know, just my intuitive hit for this particular person, and really this is, this is just intuition, and I always say with intuition, see if it fits. And don't assume it's true for you. <laughs> Just take it right, you, right. You know, as, as it feels right. I'm getting a sense that there's there's so much love for this person, and they they need to reach out and take in the love. I'm I'm getting that their fear is really blocking some of their healing, and that they have an expectation of the worst. I'm even kind of feeling it in my body now. Right, and, right. And yet there there is a way that the worst is past. Hmm. And and that there is kind of a light dawning and the the way to to receive that is to shift from the fear of what might happen to the love that's all around them. Just be in the moment, let the love in, create quality of life right here and right now, and that's going to take you into the light, you know, whatever that means whether it's in this physical vehicle of, of the body you're in or, uh, you know, the next realm. The message I'm you know, getting is that it's all right. It's all it's right. It's okay. love in. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Woodland is my guest, the author of the book, Making Miracles, Create New Realities for Your Life and Our World. Lynn, I would like for you in, in the next two minutes or so to, to give – I'd like you to do a wrap, and I, I want you to give our listeners – some thoughts as you have all together today, but I want you to do it in a way that they could walk away with one or two things that you believe are the most important to remember from all of your work in regards to each of us creating miracles. What would that be? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, that's that's too big a question. I'm going to go back to what you were talking about in terms of creating success, because I would like to put out to everybody listening that Rather than focusing on your, your highest goal, just give, give some attention to the, the highest spiritual power you would like to see cultivate and develop in you this year. And just do a little prayer right now where you, where you just hold it in your heart. It might be the, the quality of courage or uh, a will or compassion or peace or healing or unconditional love. 
just see what it is, hold it in your heart, and, and just, just imagine that you're planting a seed. Mm-hmm. And that's all you have to do. And, and just watch over the year how that starts to move your life. Sometimes it's that simple. And then over the next week, spend the first five minutes of your day in some way giving attention to what it is you most want to call into your life, to that, that mm-hmm. goal. You don't have to do the whole thing. You know, that, that's why a lot of our goal-making in January uh, doesn't succeed because we just try to do it all at once. Right. Get five minutes, your first five minutes of the day to it and just see where that takes you. I like it. I like I it. People write it, whole books that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't it true? Oh my God. Do you know I remember a story about Earl Nightingale, the 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 famous motivational speaker from the forties, fifties, sixties and and uh and you know, he, he had done a lot of his work on um, albums, LPs, you know, records. And he had the motivational minute that was 60 seconds long and everything. And and a friend of his who was a publisher said, you know, oh, my gosh, you have so much information. You could write a book and your book would be a bestseller. And, you know, and Earl Nightingale's response to him was, I don't have the time to write a book. Right. And he goes, if you took 60 seconds a day and wrote down one thought of the day in a year, you'd have 365. You know, and that, you know, and that's, that's how he right. ended up doing his thing. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it's so that's cool. Right. Lynn Woodland, author of the book, Making Miracles, Create New Realities for Your Life and Our World. Her website, LynnWoodland.com. Lynn, I love it. I love your gentle approach. I love your surrender approach. And uh, and what you've shared with us today is wonderful, and I know that everyone got a lot out of it. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, it was such a pleasure, David. Thanks for having me back. You are welcome. Have a beautiful weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. So much information is coming in, email, text. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to jump back to the big game tomorrow. Now, you know what? Here's something really weird. I don't know if it's true that we can't say Super Bowl. I don't know if that's true. If anyone knows 100%, if you know 100% that in the media, on the air, Unless you're part of the Super Bowl committee or part of advertising, you cannot say it if you're sure. It's illegal. Let us know. 1-800-548-8255. We're getting conflicting news here. We're having some people say you can't say it. We're having other commercials we're hearing saying the word Super Bowl. Do you know for sure? Like, are you an attorney? Are you listening to the show and you're an attorney? Or do you have some type of inner knowledge that you can call me and go, David, you know what? 100%. You cannot use the word Super Bowl. Or, David, you know what? That's, that's erroneous. That's, that's, that's false. That's a myth. You can use the word Super Bowl. Do you know, does anyone across the USA listening to us right now have the definitive answer? If you have the definitive answer, call us. 1-800-548-8255. I would love to know. We would love to know. And speaking of that big game tomorrow, <laughs> we received, uh, Information, uh, emails from two of our listeners, Judy and Mike, about the linebacker for the 49ers, Patrick Willis. I didn't know this about his background, his story, that he was adopted by a basketball coach and, and his wife, who was a teacher, that taught him the concept of humility, compassion, love that he has grown up with. I had no idea. 
about that. And that's one of the coolest things about this big game is that we are hearing the backstories, right? The backstories about what so many of these superstars have gone through in order to make it this far in the NFL. If you remember... Uh, about three weeks ago, we had Ernest Graham, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer running back on. He was also the former University of Florida Gator, go Gators, uh, super running back. And when you hear his story about what, how he was raised, you know, every male around him was involved with alcohol, drugs, guns, gangs, etc. And somehow this guy comes out of this horrendous upbringing with a mom who loved him, but no support whatsoever outside of his mom. You know, um, a brother who ended up getting in a lot of trouble, and and this guy never got in any trouble. Like, from a little kid, he said he was so focused, he would observe the insanity around him and just know it wasn't for him. Isn't that incredible to think this guy made it all the way up into the pros? And there's so many more stories like that about individuals with extremely bleak backgrounds who somehow fought their way out, moved their way out, fought their way out of that environment to become professional athletes. I just love it. 1-800-548-8255. After these messages, we're coming back more with more of your questions, including helping a mom whose daughter is addicted to OxyContin, a needle user, going into treatment, but not for a month and a half, and wants to know... Should she allow her daughter to stay at home? 1-800-548-8255. Positive talk radio, a rarity in the media these days. And we rock it and we love it that you're with us. I'm David Essel. Stay there. You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show, which is always a good time. For the last 22 years, we've had an absolute ball on the air. We're going to do it another 22, 1-800-548-8255 every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. If your friends do not have yet XM Satellite Radio, let them know they can listen to the show online, as all of our Facebook followers do. It's insane. We're still getting emails in from Facebook uh, at TalkDavid.com. Just go to TalkDavid.com and you can listen to us live if you don't have XM Satellite Radio yet. Hey, speaking of good friends, let's go to Chuck in New England. Chuck, you're out with David Essel. Hey, good evening. How are you, man? I'm, I'm doing great. So I hear it's cold in New England. What's the temperature? Uh that depends on where you are. <laughs> uh, it's still you know, anywhere from 10 degrees of windshield to probably 30 degrees. You know. uh, ah. Yeah, so it's kind of cold, but it's all right. My truck keeps me warm. <laughs> so let me, uh, let me self-aggrandize myself a little bit. Uh, people yes. have often asked me, dude, why are you a truck driver? You know, because of you know just the various kinds of different insights that I have and all of the researches that I've done, um, I want to go back to a comment and, and comment on something, I, I think it was an email or a text, about the person that had the hyperactive mind, the can't-stop-thinking kind of thing. Um, yes. 
I am the exact same way. I mean, would you had your guests say, you know, you're, you have like 50,000 thoughts a day. I am consciously aware of every 50,000 of those thoughts every day. Sometimes it drives me a little nuts, but other times it's a gift. Um, Thomas Fauté, you had on your show once, and I called in, and one key thing that he had told me is I have to exercise patience with people that are, are not as fast as me because literally I have 10 steps ahead of everybody. You know, mm-hmm. um, if this is that person, if you are being driven nuts because of everybody else, then they need to go figure out why they're going nuts because of you, okay? This is not a curse. It is a gift, okay? If you are stressing out over it, then you need to grab a hold of that wheel and change direction, okay? You are not a slave to your mind or your body, okay? You're not going to get into your car, hit the gas, and not grab the wheel. You're not going to go very far, okay? You know, (laughs) you are in control of yourself, period. And this is one of the things that I had to come to grips with when I was younger, you know, I, I spent time in the military. I have built homes from the ground up. I drive a truck. I've done telemarketing. You know, I mean, I've done all kinds of things. And I've, I've taken from all of it. And the one thing that I learned from all of it is my reality is whatever I am focused on. So if the tree falls down in the woods, does it make a sound? Yes. Did you hear it? That depends on whether you're standing there watching the tree fall or not. And that's all that that is. You know, when you you have so many things going through your mind, then that is a gift because that shows the capability of what you're able to focus on, okay? It's it's so hard to explain to somebody that, you know, doesn't have a hyperactive mind um, that that scene from The Matrix where if he's standing there talking to the architect and all of those TVs behind him are like all the different facets of him, Okay, that's the closest I can get to it, except you're watching all of those different channels and you're aware of everything that's going on them, and you can process all of them. And if anybody were to step into my mind, they would have to be on medication or they'd go insane. <laughs> hey, and, Chuck, and let, 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 me, let, let me share this with you. When, when we receive clients with ADD, the reason they come in is because they think something's wrong that has to be fixed. Yeah, and and within a very short period of time, we redirect that belief that something has to be fixed, and instead, we look at putting them in environments that would be advantageous for their ADD mind. Yes, yes, and perspective is everything. Really, for, it is. For my entire life, people were constantly telling me something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. You're not normal. You're not normal. You know, this this is not normal. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. Okay, first and foremost, normal does not apply to the human race. Normal is a setting on a washing machine or a hair dryer. Okay? <laughs> I mean, period. You choose what normal is for you because normal is something that you're comfortable with. If you want to change your definition of comfortable, do it. Right it's on. It's your choice. It's your life. You choose and for what all... you focus on, and that's it. That's all yes, and that for all of our listeners that have a friend, or maybe it's you that suffers from something like ADD, make sure you get to work with someone that doesn't look at it as an abnormality that needs to be altered. Because yeah. if you're if you're with the right people helping you, you will find ways to use it to your advantage. Chuck, thank you so much for the call, my man. Take care, man. We'll talk again. 
You bet we will. 1-800-548-8255. We've seen it over and over and over again. Do not go on and unless you absolutely have to go on the lowest doses of medication. The problem with medication for things like ADD is it takes the person out of their strength. It numbs them out. It creates a different type of person. Now, if you can get on very small dosages, I am not anti-medication. I want to tell you that right off the bat. But if you can get on very small dosages and work with someone that can put you in the correct environment, all of a sudden your ADD becomes your asset because you spend an hour doing this task, 15 minutes doing that, 40 minutes doing this, instead of trying to force yourself into a cube that you ain't a part of, one 800 548-8255. Email us at talkdavid.com if I can help you with this this situation that we're talking about. Chuck, you rock. You're dead on, bro. I, I want to get to this um, this text about our daughter uh, who is an Oxycontin addict. She's a needle user. She's going into treatment in 60-plus days. Uh, she has pawned all of her life for drugs. Do we let her stay at home until then? And and here's the answer. If I you know, and I work in addiction recovery, and this is what I tell parents all the time. In this situation, if the daughter cannot get in sooner, number one, you set up outrageously strict boundaries that is in writing that you have the child sign. Now we're talking about adult children, you know, twenty, thirty, forty years old. You set up boundaries about curfews what part of the house they can use, what part of the house they can't use, that there's no drugs ever being used until they go into treatment, that they must work or they must volunteer, that there's got to be some real structure to their existence being with you as the parent. Um, the other thing we always tell parents is take every valuable in your house and put it into storage. And I mean this sincerely. Don't think because the kid pawned their stuff or their last roommate stuff that they're not going to go after yours. They will go after yours, especially if you have them in your house for 60-plus days. If they're using, everything's off limits. Addictions does not understand logic. The addict does not understand logic. In their craving for their drug, they will do things that with their logic mind they would never do in a million years. So moms and dads, put everything in a safe, get everything in a storage shed, get everything valuable out of your house. I don't care if the house is empty. Get a storage shed, lock everything up, get a bank vault, lock everything up. Do not... And I repeat this, if you have a child, adult child, who has already pawned their life away, don't think for a second they won't do it for you. And you have to remember this, too. And I'm in recovery. I know this. Us addicts, when we're in use, we will do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to get what we want, regardless of what it means to you. And I'm just being frank. I am not pulling punches now. If you need help with us with your own addiction or your child or your lover's addiction, email me at talkdavid.com. Do not wait another day. Email me at talkdavid.com. Addiction recovery is an area I love, 20-plus years experience, and we know there's a way out of any freaking addiction in the world. And, yes, you can recover for life. I want to thank everyone that works so freaking hard. Nathan Staten here in the studio. Uh, Will Wilkerson here in the studio. These guys rock. April O'Leary, my guest producer. Uh, brand manager Lisa Doyle out there hitting the streets. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, Vivian Giuliano, who we talked about earlier for the social media. Rock on, Vivian. And then David Essel Live can be heard around the world online. Online streaming is powered by Error FM Live at errorfm.com. We love you guys because it is with you that people on their iPhones, smartphones, Androids, Facebook, everywhere can hear the show. And it's just as amazing. Remember this, ladies and gentlemen. 
at any given time in life, you can turn it all around. Your mind, your body, relationships, money, whatever you want different, you can do it. Make today, the decision today, that you're going to ask for the help necessary and radically rock your life. And every Saturday, we're here to help you do just that. More information, talkdavid.com. Until then, have a great week. See you next Saturday. I'm David Essel, out.